Today on the show, we discuss money, power, and the cost of good intentions. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Connor. And today is a very special day. Indeed. It's uh, our first Spider-Man uh, episode together. Yes. It's great. We, we're, on the super power, we're on the superhero trip right now. Just did Infamous, and here we are on the Spider-Man trip. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, the season of superheroes. And you know what also is awesome about this episode? I was thinking about this earlier. This is the second Spider-Man episode. That's right. This is uh this is Spider-Man 2. <laughs> the best one. <laughs> yes. And Without it's even doubt. it's even better because part of what we're going to be talking about today is uh, Otto Octavius. Oh man, it all, it's all coming full circle. Yes. I'm secretly on uh you know team Rami, Rami gang. Gang, gang, gang. That's right. I, I'm with you. It's actually, uh, I, this is a great opportunity for me to reveal our secret special guest, Sam Raimi himself, uh, on the show to discuss Dr. Octavius, <laughs> his representation in different movies and games. I, it took a lot of doing to hide this from you, but uh, <laughs> surprise, Lawrence. Happy birthday. <laughs> We're having oh, Sam Raimi on the show. <laughs> no, that'd be um, awesome. But no, we, we are, in fact, here to talk about Doc Ock. You know, one of the most iconic Spider-Man villains, uh, but also uh, another very influential figure in the fiction, uh, Norman Osborn, and kind of how they appeared in the new PS4 Spider-Man game as kind of like uh, interesting mirror images of each other, you could say. Yeah, um, it was awesome. And, and I think like their their portrayal overall in this game was a lot different than, than what we've normally seen, at least for Otto. Norman is always kind of uh, an asshat, but... <laughs> yeah, it, they they had. It was like the 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 subtleties that you have seen in their characters throughout the comics or the movies. Some of those subtleties have been there, but in the game, I think they were they were played up to a uh, really cool degree. Like you saw a lot of the dimensions of both characters and kind of how they sort of danced around each other, uh, sort of were similar to each other, and kind of were on similar paths to each other, but ultimately that relationship uh, became very hostile in a very interesting way. Yeah, definitely. And so we kind of want to explore that today in, the, in, in today's episode. And, uh, you know, while doing some research, there was, a, there was a good quote that I came upon. And I think, I don't know why, I had a quote in the last episode with a boo. I'm having a quote in this episode, too. Yeah, a bit of a tradition. That's cool. So the quote is uh, from Plato, and it's the excessive increase of anything causes a reaction in the opposite direction mm, deep but yes. keep that in mind as we discuss norman osborn and Otto octavius i think there's a uh, some really uh, neat parallels uh between what you know plato observes there and what we see in these uh characters in the ps4 spider-man game yes cool. it was like plato got an advanced copy of the game <laughs> he got the review copy he streamed it <laughs> he streamed it on his stone tablet for everyone to see <laughs> oh man so um t- 
to kick it off, I think what we'll do is we just want to kind of give a quick background of both characters in the game for those who aren't quite familiar with it. So, yeah, starting off with uh, the man himself, Norman Osborn, uh, played by the irreplaceable Willem Dafoe in the, uh, you know, <laughs> the uh, legendary Sam Raimi movies. Norman Osborn, in, you know, in all the comic sources, he's usually, well, at least most of them, he's represented as the CEO of a multinational conglomerate called Oscorp, you know, one of those mega corporations. He's uh, kind of a researcher, but also a businessman. He's always been shown as pretty ruthless, you know, to a almost psychotic degree, to, you know, getting what he wants. But in the PS4 game, he's shown to be uh, kind of moved on from the business world and into politics. Because as we start playing this game, we, we meet Osborne for the first time. He's the mayor of New York City. So he's really kind of dovetailed his uh, business power into political power. Which, if the real world hasn't taught us anything, that it, it it's that, my God, this is probably the worst thing that can happen. Because <laughs> <Right>. that, <laughs> that never happens in our real life, right? Like you, we, you never have uh, businessmen become very powerful political figures. I mean, that's so unrealistic, right? <laughs> right. Never, ever happen. And thank goodness, because I feel like that would just not work out well. Something, yeah, go really badly. So, Wink. yeah, knock on wood, that never happens. So, like, <laughs> But another important aspect, I mean, uh, you know, as much as you can say about Norman Osborn's, uh, you know, business dealings, his, you know, crooked, crooked activities in the business world and political world, He's also a father. That's actually a very important dimension to him. He is the father of Harry Osborne, Peter Parker's best friend. So that's that's important to know about him. Uh, but as the mayor, you know, as we see him in the game, Osborne is about as corrupt as any mayor can be. He uh, or at least <laughs> on the surface, like we, we only we only see like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the misuse of his power, basically. Uh, he kind of uses his office uh, as mayor to advance his business interest. You know, it, it's pretty uh, fundamental and standard uh, political practice, you know, rules and regulations that if you are in charge of a city, you're not allowed to also be in charge of one of that city's biggest businesses. But, you know, Osborne, uh, he has has his ways. He has loopholes where he's able to uh, kind of advance Oscorp's dealings as mayor. And there's uh, no conflict of interest whatsoever. None, none. It's all squeaky clean, totally above the board. Don't don't look into it. You know, there's no point <laughs> in looking into it any further than that. He, he will double cross anyone he has to. He'll go to any lengths he has to to achieve his goals. Um, it's all gamesmanship to him. And that's that's true to the I think the comics character. But, you know, we see more and more of him throughout the game. Uh, yeah. Another another important dimension to him is uh, as CEO of Oscorp, Norman Osborn, you know, throughout much of his scientific career was obsessed with genetic research. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons someone might be interested in that field of research. But Norman particularly was interested in it because his wife, Emily, was un was unfortunate enough to have a degenerative disease that uh, eventually took her life. Yes. So, you know, as ruthless and unlikable as Norman Osborn can be, he does have some very human uh, motivations for trying to cure certain diseases. He comes at it from the place of a father and a husband, and he tried to do some good with all of the power that he appropriated and maybe misused. But that formula he was working on for many years to cure his wife 
would eventually become kind of a bioweapon, unfortunately, called Devil's Breath. The ironic thing is just you the one time you don't do something for money, mm. um, it's still just as bad. That's that's true. I didn't think of that. It's it's one of the few things that Norman did purely selflessly that ended up having kind of the worst impact, kind of blowing up in his face and uh, putting a lot of lives at risk. But again, more on that later. But th- there is kind of a, a flip side to the character of Norman Osborn, and that is uh, our old pal Otto Octavius. What, what's what's his deal? Um, Otto Octavius, you know, otherwise known as Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Was this was the biggest surprise of this this game? Mm-hmm. Um, because Otto Octavius is like the nicest man in the world. Yeah. He dedicates his, uh, time and uses his knowledge to help others, like in any way he possibly can. Um, in the game, he runs a sort of like, um, advanced robotics prosthetic company, uh, with his singular employee, Peter Parker. The the one person he's able to have on his payroll, the college kid <laughs> doesn't know any better he's who's almost as idealistic as Otto. you know they're, they're 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 two of a kind yeah like they were peter's and super inspired by um you know Otto, and and he really wants to help him as much as he can and i mean Otto even helps Otto helps peter but Otto also helps spider-man mm-hmm. too like crazy he designs the suit that you wear in the game after yours gets tattered fighting the the kingpin like, without question, he sees Peter working on it, and then he's like, hey, I made some modifications. because, And, and the way he describes it to Peter is, you know, uh, I you're out here helping Spider-Man. I also want to do something, mm-hmm. too. He's, he's the friendly science dad. He's just here to help, you know? And that's not what we're used to from those cheesy cartoons and comics where he's just cackling maniacally and wanting to, you know, do bad stuff. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's got, um, like, unlike... Um, unlike Norman, he's definitely has a, a moral compass. Like there are definitely things that he won't do, uh, to help others. Like he doesn't have that kind of like crazy drive to do whatever. Like there's always a better solution. And, and, um, Otto, like Norman's wife is also suffering from a, a degenerative disease. Right. So his body is failing him, and the only thing that would be left... He, I mean, he's basically going to be left a vegetable and then die after that. And, you know, throughout the game, you know, we see him wanting to further his, uh, you know, his, his prosthetics so that he can preserve his body so that he can continue to help other people. Right. And, you know, we end up seeing some bad things happen to him. His obsession for like you know preserving his body grow and then his hatred for norman kind of drives him over the edge and he uses that same devil's breath um you know a cure or bioweapon thing that norman developed to pretty much enact revenge against him and uh it's like it's crazy because these two really are, are very similar in this game i mean they're they're two opposite ends of the spectrum and i feel like they cross each other and they cross each other in such a dark way right it's it's like two beams of light kind of running parallel to each other and then they just start hitting different lenses that refract them in different directions and they kind of you know cross a few times they run parallel a few times but eventually they end up going on completely different trajectories but you know let's 
you know, let's recap here. Look at their look at what they have in common, and they're both very brilliant men. You know, very very you know smart, very driven, uh, driven to different degrees and with different moral compasses, like you pointed out. But they still have a lot of potential to do good, and kind of the way they try to do good is one of their points of difference. But there's also there's also a deep history that kind of brought them together for many years, many productive years, but eventually drove them apart. You mentioned this kind of obsession with getting revenge on Osborne. Uh, and to get into that, we'd have to go backward a little bit before the game actually takes place. There's these events we start to learn about while playing that we uh, get a better idea for their history. Yeah, so they were pretty much best buds. Um, they went to school together. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were inseparable because people started to refer to them as what the O's. <laughs> yeah. Otto, Otto and Osborne. Yeah. The, uh, the O brothers. And that's, that's honestly what led to the development of Oscorp. Yeah. It's actually O's Corp. Yeah. They, they had, the sky was the limit for them. And they, you know, I, I think a lot of that potential was driven by, again, this dedication they both had towards science. They, they both had this idea that progress is worth the risk and the you know the the hard work um but right the the thing that i think eventually drove them apart well, or it's one of the factors at least norman was always the more cunning and uh ambitious to a fault of the two yeah so that's what really uh led down the bad road for them yeah because like you know like we've discussed um otto has a moral compass you know there are lines as a scientist that he won't cross and there are uh, no lines that Norman won't cross when when he becomes obsessed with something, when when he has his mind set to solving a problem like Norman, like stay out of his way because you may end up dead. And that problem that he wanted to solve, that he was obsessed with solving, was the disease that Emily Osborne suffered from, that his wife had. And later on, his son, Harry, also suffered from. So Norman definitely had a ton of personal stake in this genetic research that he and Otto were working on, uh, this disease they both wanted to cure. But I think Otto maybe was a bit more detached from it, so he was able to follow his compass a little bit a little bit more easily. Whereas Norman just, you know, nothing matters but saving my wife and son. So that's what eventually led to the development of Devil's Breath, because there was no stopping Norman, like you pointed out. Yeah, so he ended up making concentrated coronavirus. But <laughs> basically, but like the ambition is it's crazy because, you know, um, I think Abu and I kind of touched on this in the last episode. We talked about Martin Lee's hatred for Norman Osborne and, you know, the things that it made him do. I mean, and it comes from the fact that Martin Lee was an unknowing and probably unwilling test mm. subject of Devil's Breath. You know, they were really just, he was a kid who was sick. His parents brought him into Oscorp to do some sort of like, just like some trial treatment, but he wasn't supposed to actually be tested on or anything. They were just going to run tests. They were just going to like kind of do like some screenings. Uh, and Norman tested Devil's Breath on this kid and it ended up giving him powers, which ended up causing him to accidentally kill his family. And like that is what we'll see, you know, that's what we see cause this great rift between yeah. those two. That ends the partnership between Otto and Norman, you know, also obviously creating Mr. Negative and 
you know, his sort of whole motivation for what he does later in the game, which you and Abu discussed. Um, but yeah, at that point, uh, Otto and Norman were no longer friends. They, uh, kind of went their own, uh, different directions. And it also kind of, this incident also kind of shows us the genesis of the major differences between these two men. Like it was kind of the breaking point where they realized what set them apart. Uh, they, you know, they kind of had to look at each other and, you know, re-examine this partnership and this friendship that they had and realize that although they are both scientific minds trying to do good works, Norman had this obsession that we've touched on with curing his wife and it blinded him to the consequences. And right. Otto, Otto kind of drew the line there and said, I can't, I can't work with you anymore. You've lost sight of what's important. But sadly, even though Otto was able to make that judgment then, he later on in the game starts to sort of repeat that obsession when he goes on his quest for revenge that we'll get into. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around like Spider-Man. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Abu. And I'm Leo. And we're here to tell you about Gamjabar, our brand new podcast all about Dune. Gamjabar is your guide to Frank Herbert's massive sci-fi universe. We'll be exploring the, the themes, philosophies, and characters found in everything from Frank's iconic novels to the adaptations on film and TV. And here's the thing. We do spoiler-filled deep dives as well as introductory non-spoiler episodes. So there's something for everyone. You know, look, Dune is complicated. There are crazy words like like Mintats, like Tleilaxu, and of course, Gom Jabbar. Our goal is to help you understand these words and many more that we can't pronounce. <laughs> it's a theme. Uh, so find Gamjabar on your favorite podcast platform. We can't wait to share our love of the Dune universe, and we'll see you on the Golden Path. So although they started off, you know, on kind of an even playing field where they're both geniuses they're both making really amazing things happen when they split up and go their separate ways they take very different paths through life norman has a lot of uh kind of privileges so to speak that set him at a different different pace than Otto is and you know it's a, it's a parallel we see in real life you know money can buy success in both the scientific field and in politics it's a sad but true fact that we deal with and we see that kind of mirrored in the game. I like to, I've, I've always thought about it like, you know, you said that, like, imagine the world where they stayed together. I also felt like, although Norman was ambitious, um, I got a, I, I kind of felt like they kind of balanced each other out a bit. You know, and being here gave uh, Otto access to resources and money and things that he was able to do, uh, or, you know, like things that he could use to help people. And, like, I think. Otto was in to some degree Norman's like like guiding light on like hey these are the this is the right thing to do and I think when they separate you know they kind of just both go to the uh their like moral extreme yeah they're almost like at that point after they separate they're kind of both missing the better parts of them yeah Otto Otto is missing the ambition and the drive that Norman has yeah and Norman's missing the moral compass and the the kind of common sense voice in the room of Otto, so yeah and i mean that's definitely prevalent when we see like their first interaction because like you know it's not really set up 
beforehand that like okay we we know each other and there's a history so mm-hmm. um we first see norman and otto interact uh when uh norman pretty much just shows up mayor osborne mode kicks down the door barges in yeah <laughs> and uh he you know, he pulls funding for Otto's latest project and steals the person he's trying to help. It was like a, it was, it was like a total carpet bomb of like being a giant asshat. It was the biggest flex in New York history. Like it was just, I'm the mayor. I run this shit. And all this research is mine. You're done. You're shut down. And, um, Otto and Peter were in the process while this is happening. They were in the process of fitting, I'm guessing like a veteran yeah. who lost a limb in, in war, and they were fitting him with a new prosthetic arm. And Norman just comes in like, "We'll get you an even better one." Just like completely just flexing on everybody, being such a dick. And uh, that's yeah, like you said, that's the first time we as players see Otto and Norman interact in the game. Uh, but I think it's important everyone knows they go way back. Like this is not the this is not the beginning of the Osborne Octavius relationship. Like. There's a lot of history there in, in just that little moment of Norman kind of flexing his influence, demonstrating his power, and showing Otto, like, you might be smart, but I'm powerful. Like, right. Uh, and power beats intellect every time, and I'll keep showing you that because of how bitter we both are towards each other. Right. And, and like, it's such a massive flex because he is, like, multi-billionaire mayor, and right. he takes time out of his day to fuck with this dude who's got like a like I'm just staying afloat startup. Right. He has so many better things to do, but he does that instead. It's like ridiculous. His, his one employee is like halfway moved into this office. And it's like, you know what? I'm gonna like I'm gonna rock this guy's world real quick. And then he also tries to to uh, recruit Peter. Right. As if shutting down the lab and pulling funding wasn't enough. Like, hey, I'm gonna take your one employee. And, and like, that is, the funny thing is, like, you know, it's obviously, it's a, it's a hilarious flex and, like, it's a really shitty moment. But part of me always wondered, is this because, you know, he's trying to take everything from Otto because Otto seemingly, you know, left and mm-hmm. didn't help him perfect Devil's Breath. And right. that basically took everything away from him. Yeah. Because we, we do find out that Harry, you know, his, 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 uh, sickness progressed and he went in basically into a coma and you know obviously this is again this is kind of behind the scenes we as players don't know this yet but uh yeah you, you're right that's probably a big source of resentment that norman has toward Otto. like you could have stayed and helped me cure harry and you didn't it's it's like what we, what we start to see in this moment you know once once Otto loses the one person that he was able to that he was going to be able to help and also test his 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 prosthetics like Otto just kind of starts to to really show that resentment for norman and he starts to like really like dive into his anger and like he's like like shouting and yeah like this is like the first time we see this like really humble man like get pissed and it's like an explosion of anger like everything that he's dealt with with norman is finally coming all out all at once yeah, up until this point, it had seemed like Norman was the one holding on to the grudge and going out of his way to make Otto's life difficult. And it was like, oh, Otto's the one who buried the hatchet and moved on. But we find, yeah, you're right. That in that moment, we find out Otto never really fully let go of his anger. 
he right. still has this uh, vendetta against Norman, and uh, it was just buried. He, I think it seemed like he tried to uh, sort of bury those, you know, vengeful urges with the good work he did. I'm going to help people. I'm going to perfect these prosthetics and, you know, change lives for the better and stop thinking about how much I, you know, resent Norman. But yeah, yeah. When that, when the lab is basically shut down, uh, he loses that last grasp he has on his morality. And so like, as Otto's disease kind of gets worse, we see he starts to really get rid of those moral barriers. He starts to take on jobs for things that he would not normally do. Yeah, starts making compromises here and there. That's how it starts. Right, for cash so he can continue on because, I mean, the ultimate goal is to preserve his body so he can continue to do good for the world. And, you know, that obsession, it, I mean, it turns from that obsession with, you know, preserving his body to do good just kind of transforms into... uh just revenge, revenge on uh, on uh, on Norman. It kind of gets like those those feelings kind of get mashed together. Yeah, it sort of reveals this bubbling anger that he had been burying with you know the positive impact he was trying to make on the world. As he sort of started to remove those moral barriers and compromise on his uh, on his ethics, it's almost like you're seeing him realize he's coming to terms with the fact I've always wanted to take revenge. I was just kind of ignoring it. And part of that is also due to, uh, to the chip and the, uh, robo arms. That's true. That's a good point. But also this is, this is an interesting thing I I was thinking about too. Like it is because of the, you know, the, the chip kind of pushes these feelings out. Like it pushes this aggression out. That aggression was there, but he also got here because he did the same thing that, like, he's kind of pissed off at Norman for doing. Right. He experimented before something was ready. He, but he, he just chose to experiment on himself. Like, it didn't make it, it obviously didn't make it any better because of the things that he did. Yeah. Um, but he experimented on himself. He was, he rushed. He was trying to save that thing that was most important to him, which was his body. So he could continue to work. Just like Norman's thing earlier was, I'm trying to, you know, get this drug tested and ready so I could use it to save my wife because, like, that's the thing that's most important to me. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's one of the instances we see where Otto starts to kind of eclipse Norman, kind of match some of his behaviors. You know, that that, that the the beams are crossing. <laughs> my metaphor from earlier, <laughs> uh, and they're they're like kind of. They're mirroring each other in a, in a really interesting way. Oh, yeah, because, like, the chip made him... I think the chip just kind of released his uh, inhibitions to, like, do something like this. But that anger was always yeah, there because, yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's like it was super directed at, um, you know, at, at Norman. And it was, it was also funny because he was still kind of doing good with, like, the Sinister Six. He recruited those guys... Because he was like, if you do this for me, I can help you. Yeah. Like he was able to help Rhino remove his armor when like the government couldn't do that. He was gonna help Vulture, um, like it was gonna treat his like spinal cancer that he got from the suit. Yeah, he was still doing good. He was just doing good in exchange for bad stuff, which is not that. Good. It was a twisted form of good deeds, where it was like still like a nugget of uh, you know, positivity in there, but. Still, like, dude, look at what you're doing. And 
this is, I think, the most important point for me in this episode is just that this all demonstrates how after years of trying to not be like Norman, of uh, trying to be sort of the uh, the yin to Norman's yang, so to speak, Otto has completely matched. Like, he's he's met Norman at the level of yeah. evil and cruelty and ruthlessness and then pushed past it. Like he's not only he not mm-hmm. only matched it, he surpassed it, and um, it's almost like, yeah, you start you start the game thinking Otto's the underdog, he's the good guy, Norman's the villain coming in here, crashing the show, uh, just being the generic stereotypical bad guy, but then they completely shift places, and you see you yeah. kind of start to see Norman as the victim, like, hey, he was just trying to cure his family, save them from this disease, but um, and Otto's the bully all of a sudden. It's this really dramatic and almost poetic reversal of roles. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing this this game pulled off. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it goes back to the, the quote, you know, the excessive increase of anything causes a reaction in the opposite direction. Yeah. Norman pushes Otto so far that Otto becomes a villain himself, basically. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, and luckily there was one man who was willing and able to put on that blue and red suit and go out there and save the city at great personal risk and personal cost. And, uh, you know, shout out to that, that brave man, uh, Sam Raimi. Yes. You want to know why Spider-Man, uh, didn't get sick? Why is that? Because he wore a mask. And that's the takeaway, folks. (laughs) Cover your damn face when you're outside. It's like, it's not a joke. (laughs) 